All right, uh, Quintus Curtius here. It's uh, December 14th, 2022, and I haven't done a podcast in a while, so I thought uh, this would be a good opportunity to do one. A reader uh, asked a very good question, and I wanted to answer his question with a podcast and also use the podcast opportunity to talk about something in a related vein of, uh, of thought. So um, that's why I'm calling this podcast uh, The Opossum. And you'll see why as we get towards the end. But uh, anyway, uh, this is the question that this, uh, this young guy asked here. Uh, he, he says, it's a tweet here from today. It, uh, uh, I, I was talking about the movie First Blood. And, you know, there was a discussion going on about why the sheriff, uh, Teasel, would have been antagonistic towards uh, John Rambo. And, uh, you know, I really love this movie, obviously. So he asks, uh, he says, a Zoomer here. So I never really understood the reason a small town cop would have been so antagonistic towards a Vietnam vet. Did they generally have a negative reputation right off the bat? Uh, the whole, in parentheses, he says the whole baby killer thing. I thought that was more of a liberal college thing. All right. Well, this is a good, very good question. And again, you know, I'm going to give you my own thoughts on this. I'm not a, a boomer. I'm 54 years old, which makes me a Gen Xer, proudly Gen Xer. Uh, but, you know, I was I was a kid, you know, in the you know mid and late 70s and uh, and obviously came of age during the 80s. So I remember this era and I'm, I'm I was culturally acquainted with the the mood of the times. OK, even though I'm not I'm not a Vietnam veteran, I, I was not you know, an older person at the time, but I still, I was aware of what was going on. And I think I can speak to this question. All right. Well, very good question. First of all, you have to understand this movie also, it, there, there are various different reasons why Sheriff Teasel would have been hostile towards a drifter like John Rambo. First of all, you have to understand if you ever grew up in a small town, which I did, I did. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts. Um, you have to understand that in these types of places, these little officials, these sheriffs, these principals, these selectmen, these th these guys run these places like a fiefdom, okay? And they're the bosses, and they don't like outsiders. They don't like intruders. They don't like people coming in and possibly upsetting the apple cart, all right? And someone like John Rambo, obviously a physically fit, uh, overtly patriotic type of individual, um, you know, wearing a you know uh, military surplus jacket. I mean, someone like that, I could very easily see someone like that attracting neg negative attention. So that's just the first thing, and it doesn't even matter whether the guy was a Vietnam veteran or not. I think anyone coming in from outside and trying to come into a small town, you're going to get scrutinized at the very least. Now, the second thing I think that's important about this is you, look, you also have to understand the mood of the times, okay? In the late 70s, early 80s, everybody knew that we had lost the Vietnam War. It was obvious, okay? And there's an old saying that says that, um, you know, victory has a thousand fathers, but defeat is an orphan. You may have heard that. I don't remember who said that, but it's a very good comment, a very good uh, quotation, because basically it points out the fact that when you're a winner, when things go well, when you win, everybody loves you. Or everybody loves 
a winning hand. But when things are bad, when you lose something, when you lose a war, when you lose a contest, nobody wants to have anything to do with you. And in many ways, this was what Vietnam was like. You know, these guys, you know, I, I, uh, I had two uncles who served, who fought in Vietnam. And both of them don't like to talk about it, okay? One of them passed away, one of them is still alive, but neither one of them ever wanted to talk about it. They were very, in some ways, I think, jaded by the experience. I think they felt what little exposure I had to them on the subject. They made it clear that they felt like it wasn't handled the right way. They felt like the war was, uh, a lot of good men were wasted for no reason. In any case, the whole country was in a very, very sour mood about this and the you know the, the era it was just everything the politics the political system there was just a lot of malaise in the air at the time that is that is very hard to really understand uh to people today and that that's really why reagan was just so popular why he was such a breath of fresh air because he kind of he kind of hit the reset button in in some ways and allowed people to kind of take a new turn you know, you can say what you want about it, but it, it definitely was a new turn. But anyway, there was a lot of a lot of bad feelings after the Vietnam War ended. And you could very easily see that a small town or even a big city official would just not would not want to be reminded of someone like John Rambo. They don't want to see they don't want guys like that crossing their field of vision. Okay? They don't they don't want to be reminded of that. Who would? Who wants to be reminded of a disaster? You know, and you know, I'm not saying that's right. I'm, I think I think it was terrible. I think that the uh, a, a hell of a lot more should have been done to, you know, kind of re readjust these guys, reacquaint them to society, to kind of bring them back in. Because remember, we had a draft back then, and a lot of these guys just came back, and they were kind of drifting. They didn't really know what was going on. They felt abandoned. Not not all. Okay, some of it's some of it you know might be a little bit exaggerated in the popular culture, but there definitely was feelings of alienation, and I saw that too when they tried to get the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the, the Vietnam Memorial, uh, built in Washington, uh, in Washington D.C. There was a there was a huge uh, issue about that. There was a design contest, and there were a lot of veterans groups protesting the way it looked. And I mean, these things don't seem to matter now. But they mattered then. In the early 80s, late 70s, these things really mattered. You know, so that's that's the Vietnam dimension of that. It, it, it's not so much it's not so much the war itself. It's just that a guy like John Rambo represented failure and embarrassment. And they did not want to be reminded of that. People just couldn't deal with it. They couldn't handle it. Okay? Now, another dimension to it is also the generational thing. And this is something that really is not talked about very much. But I think a lot of the veterans from the World War II and Korea generation, they didn't understand what the Vietnam veterans went through. They didn't understand the war. They didn't understand the conditions under which it was fought. They didn't understand the tensions. They didn't understand the circumstances. They didn't understand. It was just, you know, it, it just it was beyond them. They just couldn't deal with it. Okay, a lot of people today just can't understand it. You know, it was a it was a counterinsurgency war that was very complicated that required a a great deal of finesse 
if we were to ever uh, have a chance of success okay but we we just we just couldn't do it it just wasn't in the cards okay and a lot of the veterans from the earlier wars from the second world war in, in korea the fighting in many ways was a lot more simple i did not say easy notice i did not say easier i said the the issues were simpler in korea you had a front line and on one side of the line was the enemy and on the other side of the line was you okay it was not this sort of you know urban or this uh, rural pacification campaign and counterinsurgency uh, that involved a lot of different nuances we, you know we just it, it, they couldn't wrap their minds around it and i think a lot of the older guys probably felt like a lot of the vietnam guys were you know uh, you know malingerers or whiners they were wrong they were wrong in my view because it was a different kind of war for a different kind of era and you know unless you were there you just you just you couldn't you couldn't get it you couldn't get it i mean i've, I've been reading about it and studying it for many years myself and even i you know uh have a hard time i think wrapping my mind around it so there was that there was that issue and then finally Finally, on top of all these other issues is, is the simple fact that some people are just fucking sons of bitches. Some people are just bad. Some officials are just sadistic. Some guys just like to torture other people for no reason. And this is something that I have seen in my experiences. And there, there are some truly just malicious people out there that will just fuck with random people for no reason. They will just do it for no reason. And I think this was a dimension on top of the other issues that we've talked about that should be uh, kept in mind. You know, in small towns or even in big cities, you encounter this. There are some people that are just no goddamn good. They're just bad apples. And I think Rambo ran ran across uh, in this uh, Sheriff Teasel as someone who's, who was a, a, a real son of a bitch, a real mean-spirited son of a bitch who just, uh, you know, uh, didn't care. He didn't care. So that's my thoughts. Those are my thoughts to answer this, uh, that guy's, that Zoomer's question. And I hope that helps. And this leads me to the other subject of this podcast, which is related to it, related to these previous issues. And this is the idea that sometimes you have to leave things alone. Sometimes you have to leave things alone. Sometimes you have to leave people alone. Sometimes you have to leave subjects alone. Sometimes you're just better off doing nothing. Sometimes you have to just back off and let things work themselves out. And let me tell you what I am referring to. Um, I, have a, I have a townhouse that I live in, and I have a patio, and then there's a garage. And under, in a crawl space under my garage, I noticed in the past couple weeks that I have a large possum living under there. Okay. I used to have a family of, uh, you know, ground squirrels or, or uh, chipmunks living there. And, you know, they're, of course, they're cute. You know, they run around, they collect uh, nuts and seeds and little things and whatever. But apparently a possum moved in there and evicted the previous occupants of this little hole. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know very much about opossums until about uh, two weeks ago. And I was, uh, you know, at night here, it's, um, I live in the Kansas City area. And uh, I was, you know, going from my uh, house to empty, uh, empty a bag uh, of, of garbage in my garage in sealed, obviously in sealed barrels. But, uh, you know, I noticed there was this huge possum uh, 
like sitting on uh, sitting on my deck looking at me. And uh, I saw it sort of slink off into the bushes and kind of walk around. And, uh, you know, my first reaction was revulsion. It looked, you know, they, they look like opossums look like a big rat, a big rodent. And I don't like rats. So my my initial reaction was, man, this is a disgusting animal, man. I've got a I've got a critter, I've got a varmint, a pest here. You know, I got to get rid of it. I got to do something. I got to get rid of it. I got to get rid of it. Maybe I should call animal control. Maybe I should throw go to Home Depot and get some some chemical I can dump in there and get rid of them and blah 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 blah. But you know, then I started to research a little bit about these animals, the opossum, and I guess that's the only marsupial in North America. Interesting. And the more I researched it the more I realized, you know what, this animal's harmless. Opossums, they don't do anything. They basically forage around, they eat grubs and ticks and, you know, uh, you know, various other insects and that, that you don't really want to have around anyway. So they're basically harmless. And I guess even though they hiss at people, they never do anything. They don't really bite. They don't carry rabies. They, uh, they're, they're basically harm. They're essentially harmless. So I said, you know what? Even though this animal appears to me to be loathsome, maybe I should just leave him alone. Maybe, you know, he's got a right to have his food too. He's got to eat too. You know, he's got to have his place too. And I guess these things only have a life expectancy of a couple years anyway. So what the hell? What the, what's the big deal? Let, let him, I'm going to leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave the possum, leave the opossum alone. That's what I decided to do. Now, obviously, I'm going to monitor the situation. And if that changes, if this thing is, you know, you know, going nuts and leaping up against uh, my, you know, but that's not going to happen. Okay, I'm confident that uh, what I've read about this animal is accurate, that it's essentially harmless. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe uh, you should treat it as a good luck sign, maybe treat it as a favorable omen that this animal uh, uh, picked your property to uh to uh, make a domicile of so maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a positive thing not a negative thing you know the ancients might have seen that as a positive omen so um anyway the point is you know when you talk about first blood with john rambo the sheriff should have just left that guy alone let him pass through and uh the lesson i'm taking out of that is you know you've got an opossum in your backyard leave him alone you know, let's see what happens. Let him have his space. Let him poke around and eat his grubs and ticks and whatever the hell they eat, snakes, whatever. And, um, you know, then evaluate. Then evaluate. Don't immediately rush to uh, take drastic action and uh, go after the damn thing. Leave him alone. You know, he's not going to do anything. And I just think that's uh, that's something to... Uh, to take under advisement, you know, in life, in life, in work, in love, with family, whatever, sometimes you have to just leave things be, leave them alone, leave people alone, leave situations alone, and just see how they develop. All right, well, that's enough uh, for now. I'm Quintus Curtius, and hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk soon.